Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! God is good, amen. Can we give the worship team a hand, a hand clap? Just them, them ladies. The ladies, man, y'all were uh, listening. Practice when we got to, uh, I'm trying to think what the song was. Oh, uh, the first song, You're Doing It All Again. When we got to, You Won't Change. I about lost. If I had, if, if these shoes were, you know, weren't so hard to put back on, I would have took it off and threw it at Miranda. I was like, girl. I said, he is saying, I said, we don't need the rest of the service. We just keep, just put that on loop. And then we got to believe for it. And y'all know my story about believe for it. But now I'm a believer and believe for it. And then, of course, when we did a wind of when we did wind of love and there's I encourage you add those three songs. If you don't have them, add those three songs to your to your uh, library on your phone. That's that's just some more encouraging music in the moment of chaos, in the moment of you're struggling to believe God, in the moment where you're struggling to do what God tells you to do, in the moment where you just can't see God. Put that song on, let the wind of love blow, spirit come and take control. You see what it does? It doesn't matter where we go. Once again, let the wind of love blow. Listen, I put that on my on my play, my work playlist. And it's a slower song, and see, if, if, if you're like me, when you have a word playlist, you need things to be upbeat because, you you know, you're trying to stay up to tempo and, you know, you want to get through work. But I put that song intentionally because there's times, we all know this when you're at work, there's times where you just kind of get in that lull. You kind of get in that lull. Maybe not even at work. Maybe just you're doing mundane things around the house and you get in that lull. You get into that low part and you can feel yourself starting to sink. Instantly, I put that song back on and I, I can feel my spirit, man start to rise back up. My spirit, man, quickens my mortal body, as the Bible says. And that's it. I'm not, let the wind of love blow as I'm putting letters in the box. Or if I walk into a house, I'm saying, the spirit come and take control. Not because I'm trying to be spiritual. Not because I want the customer to see, oh, that, that's a Christian right there. No, because I need my flesh. I need my mind to remember that the mind of Christ exists in this temple. And all the insecurities, all the all the past mistakes, everything that the devil loves to influence us with. I need I need I need Lindsay to remember that he's been freed from that. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We've been in our Holy Spirit series. This is week four. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. We're going to have to we're going to have to cut it in half and do uh, we'll make today part one and then part two. Um, two Sundays later, because next Sunday we will not be having service. We will not be having service. Keep that in mind, next Sunday. But we're going to cut today's in half just because it's it, it, it gets there, amen? It gets there. Somebody say, it gets there. If you have a Bible, we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. We're going to read verses 17 through 19. If you don't, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. While she's getting that ready, uh, if, if you are taking notes, I want you to put this at the top, or if you're taking it on your paper or a phone, but I want you to put this at the top. Are we our own hindrance? Are we, or you can just, no, let's get personal. Am I my own hindrance? There we go. That's what, you know, I'm going to do it. Y'all do it with me. I'm going to do it this morning. Am I my own hindrance? Am I? And if you have to, put your own name in the, you know, fill in the blank, as they used to say in school. Am I my own hindrance? And my question mark has got a big question mark and exclamation point because, you know, that's how us millennials do. You know, we can't just leave a question mark, question mark. We've got to put the exclamation point at the end to drive it home. But am I my own hindrance? Lindsay, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? You're going to get to see it. But I love this because... Can I share something? I didn't get, I forgot to share this with Kelsey yesterday. But, you know, we started this Holy Spirit series with John chapter 14, verse 1, you know, uh, you know, where in the Passion Translation where Jesus says, don't worry or surrender your heart to what? Fear. And we, and we, I mean, we preach the mess out of that. And we, you know, I, I, I hope that some of y'all, y'all, y'all have let that become incorporated in your heart. Don't worry or surrender your heart to fear. Yesterday, while they're working on the AC unit, praise God, we got air conditioning. God is good all the time. Yeah. Walked in the building. I was like, oh, let the wind of love blow. 
It's it's still it's still it's still warm, but we you know it's better. It's better. But uh, but yes, sir. While they was working on it, um, you know, I'm just walking in the back. And, you know, most of the time I don't ever go back to the cemetery, but I'm just walking back there. I go, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, yes, I do know that I have family back there, but I, I wasn't fully alive. And the ones I was alive for, I, I, I barely remember. So I, I just go to the, to, the, to the headstones of the ones I do remember. And, uh, of course, as I, uh, the first one I see, I see this big one that says Carver. And I'm like, well, instantly, I, I think I might know. And I get closer and closer, it says Esther Lee. I was like, oh, I know who this is. I said, I know who this is. I mean, and, you know, for most of us, we, uh, for most of us, you know, we, most of us remember her. But I remember, you know, I have, I have very few memories of her, but I have distinct ones like my third birthday. And then I remember, I remember us being in the hospital and I, you know, and so many other things like that. But as I'm, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the dates because I want to say, hey, you know, I, I don't even know when, when was her birthday, you know, what, what day was it? Is it close to my birthday or anybody else's I know and it was in May? I was like, well, that's cool. You know, Kellen's is in May. That's what's up. And uh, but I look at the bottom, and you know, the bottom, the bottom has a scripture and it had a scripture that was very familiar to me. And I was like, well, Lord, what you doing? So I called mom. So, hey, mom, was this was this her favorite scripture? Mom quoted it right off the bat. You know what that scripture was? John 14, 1. Do not worry or let your heart surrender to fear. Better yet, we know it as, and she knew it as. What was it? What, you know, uh, let your heart not, or do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be And I was just like, Lord, how awesome is it that I, I don't know about you, how awesome is it that her great-grandson has latched on to that verse, not even knowing that it was the same verse that she had placed her anchor in, that she had anchored her soul in. Just a reminder that church, do not worry or surrender to your heart your fear. Surrender your heart to fear. Let your heart not be troubled. Let your heart not be troubled. Let your heart not be troubled. Somebody say, let your heart not be troubled. I love this because Jesus used this. He gave that phrase, and then he begins to talk about and introduce who the Holy Spirit is. Amen? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says this. He says, for your self-life, it craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Watch this. And hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then... The two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. <clears throat> but when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Verse 19, the cravings of the self-life are obvious, sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God. Manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, oh my Lord, resentment when others are favored, temper, uh, temper tantrums, come on, get the, somebody go get the boys out here, angry quarrels, <laughs> only thinking of yourself, it's my tablet, no, it's your tablet, it's my tablet, being in love with your own opinions, I, come on, we stepping on toes this morning, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? Somebody say amen. amen. So I love this because in verse 17, literally Paul says, when your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. So therefore, there are things that your flesh does that offends the Holy Spirit, does two things, offends the Holy Spirit and hinders him from living free, somebody say free, free, free in your mortal body. There's things that hinder him from living free in the mortal body. And Paul says in verse 19 and 20 and 21, he says, sexual immorality, the things or fleshly cravings, the behaviors that hinder, here's the behaviors, he gave us a list. A, a detailed list of the behaviors that hindered the Holy Spirit from being the wind of love and blowing in your life. Amen. We, we all, we're all trekking. We're all trucking this morning. He says this. He says sexual immorality, adultery, fornication before marriage, lustful thoughts. Did you know that word lust in the Greek? It's the same word for covet. Ooh. Chasing after things instead of God. We all know this as idolatry. I'm going to say that again. A thing that hinders the Holy Spirit from living free, blowing in your, in your life, is chasing after things instead of God. 
trying to make her own way, trying to get this, trying to do that. I got I to gotta get it this way. I got to get it by any means necessary. Manipulating others. The King James Version calls this witchcraft. When, when, we, manip- when, we, when we twist the narrative to benefit us, to make us look like the hero, to make us look so innocent, that's witchcraft. Witchcraft. Now, the, the, the reason it strikes a blow so hard because, oh, that, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a label right there. No, no, no. I, I just, I, I didn't want it to make it seem like I was. No, no, no. The truth is the truth. My pastor says there's, 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 there's two sides of every coin. There's his side, her side, and then there's the truth. You can choose either side of the coin or you can just choose the truth. Hatred of those who get in your way. We all do this. Senseless arguments. We all do this. We all roll our eyes. You, you ever been in a senseless argument? You ever, you ever, you ever, or witnessed a senseless argument? And you're like, oh, here they go. You know, I'm just going to, you know, especially at work. There's sometimes where senseless arguments come about. And you, if you're like me, I just, you know, I'm just going to, just going to, hey, Lindsay, hey, oh, y'all, y'all talking to me. I, I, you know, I know, yeah. Senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love, watch this, being in love with your own opinions, murder, addictions, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, etc. All these behaviors hinder the Holy Spirit from living free within you. Amen. Verse 19 said, you know, uh, Paul said that these were the behaviors of the flesh. And that word behave or behavior stems from the word behave. And behave, all it means is to act or function or to react in a particular way. Behave is to conduct yourself in a particular way. It's you conducting yourself. It's you conducting yourself in a particular way. So watch this. Every behavior has an origin. Every behavior has an origin. Y'all know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a book nerd. I'm just going to call it that. I'm a book nerd. Every superhero, every villain, every character has their own origin. Every behavior that you do has an origin. Watch this. The fruit of the Spirit, the behaviors of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about that next week. The behaviors of the Holy Spirit, they have an origin. They are, they are rooted in truth. And if that's that side of the coin, then guess what? The behaviors of our flesh are rooted in lies. The behaviors of our flesh are rooted in lies. The angry quarrels, rooted in lies. Manipulating others, rooted in lies. Lust, rooted in lies. When we have the desires in the words of Paul where we want to do what we ought not to do and, and we have to stop and ask ourselves, what lie am I believing? When we find ourselves, when we find ourselves behaving out of the flesh, behaving out of our flesh, we have to stop and ask ourselves, what lie am I believing about God? And about myself. Because see, before Adam and Eve ever ate of that apple or whatever fruit, we I don't know why we've always assumed it was an apple. Nobody knows what fruit it was. I'm just gonna tell you right now. Nobody knows if it was a bad orange. Probably it was probably bananas, because bananas, good lord. You know, they're great in pudding, but that's about it. Um, I mean you don't I yeah, I don't. I don't. But there's I'm I'm trying to be nice for everybody else that likes me pudding. We don't know what type of fruit it was, but before they ate of the fruit. They believed a lie about God. They believed that they weren't made in the image of God. They believed that God was withholding himself from them. And because they believed that lie, they went and disobeyed God. The behaviors of your flesh, they're rooted in lies. Whenever we try to manipulate others, it's because we are somewhere along the way we have believed or we are currently believing a lie about ourselves and about God. See, when we operate in those, in those behaviors previously mentioned, it's because we're rooted, uh, it's because a part of our heart is rooted in a lie. And watch this, that lie will lead you to the hamster wheel of performance, 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 because you fully believe that somewhere in your life you don't measure up to everybody else. You don't measure up to the standard of which you were never meant to live. I said it last week, but imagine a life where performance was non-existent. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to free you from. That hamster wheel of, oh man, I, you know, this don't look like this person over here, or this person got this, this person got that. You know, I think that uh, maybe one of the things the Holy Spirit works toward is us living a spirit-filled and spirit-led life where our performance is non-existent and Jesus' finished work on the cross is the only thing we focus on. When the devil calls you something, hey, the man at the cross said I, I could come. 
The man at the cross said I was forgiven. The man at the cross said all my, uh, (laughs) the man at the cross said that therefore there is no condemnation for those that love the Lord, not for those that read enough chapters, not for those that dress a certain way, not for those that pray how many five to ten days in a row. No, the man at the cross said that there is no condemnation for those that just simply love him. The Father, Son, and Spirit, they they seek me to press my face and gaze upon them despite what my past looks like, despite what I I said yesterday or did today or do, do tomorrow. The Father, Son, and Spirit, they seek me. And the Holy Spirit, he works to keep you in that type of mindset, not bound by religion, not bound by your past, not bound by denominations, not bound by insecurities, not bound by the behaviors of the flesh, but bound but but living freely to do the behaviors of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Y'all know I love documentaries. Oh, my Lord, I love some documentaries. I don't know why I do. But I just I love them. I love them. And there's this I watched this uh, uh, this other documentary the other day and I was telling Kelsey and this is how, you know, me and Kelsey are the same. We, we've been around each other too long when I was describing it to her and y'all would probably do the same thing. She's like, nope. Nope, that's not for me. Not for me. Not meant like she wouldn't watch it. Meant that activity, that ain't for her. That ain't, I was like, oh, I ain't going to do it either. But I'm, I'm watching because I'm living vicariously through the other person. And if they get hurt, I'm still safe. I don't get hurt. You know, that, that's one of the great things about documentaries. I watched this documentary of this guy who is a free solo climber. Now, a free solo climber is a mountain climber or rock climber that uses no ropes. All they have is the little fanny pack with the whatever the dust in there that they rub on their hands. You see LeBron James and rub it. You know, it keeps his hands dry, so therefore he can grip the ball. The rock climbers they keep that dust and they're able to grip the rocks. It keeps their hands dry. That's all he had. <laughs> I see some of y'all say, <laughs> "Oh my lord!" I know when I heard about this, I was I did the same thing about but inside. I'm like, "Well, I gotta I gotta find out." And uh, the whole time I'm watching, I'm wrestling with going on Google to see if he if he was still alive or not. But I'm like, no, nah, let's just watch all the way through. And this guy, he, he you know, he he's a free solo climber. But as crazy as it sounds, he's very methodical. I will give him that. And then this documentary, you know, he's done all these different, you know, uh, you know, projects of climbing all these different, you know, places that we would never think of climbing, let alone without a rope. But in his mind, the, you know, the ultimate is this place in Yosemite National Park called El Captain, or they called it on the documentary, uh, yeah, documentary, El Cap. And, you know, El Cap, what it is, it's this, it's this vertical rock formation in Yosemite National Park. It's about 3,000 feet, 3,000 feet from ground to summit. Climbing, imagine climbing, <laughs> y'all cracking me up this morning, <laughs> climbing 3,000 feet without a rope. All right. And he, you know, and then this, he starts to, he said, I'm not going to give it away. We're just going to get up to it because you can watch it if you want to. Or if you want to know what happens, ask me at the end of the service. Uh, but he starts, you know, he, he, when I said he was methodical, what he would do is he would, he would map out the landscape. And then he would practice climbing it with the rope. I mean, at least he was that smart to practice climbing with the rope and he'd have a team of people with him. And as he would get to a certain level, he would uh, pull out his notebook and map like, you know, what what methods or how far to reach here or if he needs to turn back and do all the I mean, all these he's got it mapped out. I mean, I mean, he's very methodical with it and he would study it and study it and study it. So he did this with El Cap. And then finally, when he felt like he was good enough to do it, now he had never had a TV crew up until this up until this climb. All the other climbs, it was just him. Just him doing it all on his own. And when he finally gets ready to do this climb, he realizes that, you know, because it is so far and so high that he, he estimates what time of the day he's going to be at certain points. And he doesn't want to be finishing it in the dark, which I'm like, hey, I, you know, if I'm going to climb a mountain, now nah, I ain't going to. But if I was... I don't want to feel, I don't want to be in the dark at all. <laughs> yeah, there you go, the forerunner. Hallelujah, it's four-wheel drive. It's a four-wheel yes. But, you know, so therefore he starts the climb at 4.30 in the morning. You know, he, you know, he can't sleep. He's so, he's so, he's so anxious. Me, I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'm like, Lord, <laughs> is this it? You know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I can't wait to do it. I'll be like, Lord, is this it? Like, oh, Jesus, you know, bye, you know. So, you know, he, uh, he starts to climb at 4.30 in the morning. He's going, the TV crew, and, you know, the TV crew, when they would interview the, or, you know, the cameras and all that stuff, the cameraman, you know, they're, they are scared because they, they see, this don't make a lick of sense. Don't make a lick of sense at all. <laughs> But they're, but you know, they believe in him. But you know, they got the, the cameras out and all these different things. He starts to climb. He gets about two hours in it, 
and he bails. He decides he, he decides he don't want to do it. So he just he uh, he stops and he tells one of the cameramen to radio everybody else. And they're like, hey, you know, uh, where's where's he at? We can't see him. Well, he decided to bail. So when they finally all the cameramen came back down to the bottom and they asked him, hey, why did you bail? Listen to this. He said he said too many people watching my performance. And there was a pressure there that I never felt before. Too many people were watching his performance, and there was a pressure. Watch this. He felt pressure that he was never meant to feel. He felt pressure that he was never meant to feel. When the TV crew wasn't there on the other climbs, he was just doing it for the love of the climb. But when he had all eyes on him, he felt pressure that he had never felt pressure before. Listen to this, church. You were not designed to live for acceptance. You are meant to live your life from acceptance. I'm going to say that again. You were never meant to live your life. When you wake up in the morning, you shouldn't be wondering about, hey, what's so-and-so going to say about how I dress? When you wake up in the morning, you shouldn't worry about, hey, what's so-and-so going to say about the fact that I didn't do this this weekend or the fact that we did do this this weekend? You were never meant to live for acceptance. You were meant to live your life from acceptance. When you wake up in the morning, guess what? I am free. I am the righteousness of God. There is no condemnation upon my life because I simply love the Lord. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. When you wake up in the morning, you know, you look in the mirror, hey, you're looking at a free person. The Father, Son, and Spirit, they went through great lengths to free that person that I see in the mirror. And you live from that. Doesn't mean you get cocky, but you get confident. Or I used to say as a youth pastor, you get Godfident, where you have confidence in God. Or you know that, hey, if he is backing you, it don't matter. What does the scripture say? If God be for me, who? Who, church? You were never meant to live for acceptance. You were meant to live from it. Start your day from acceptance. Amen? Start your day knowing that you are the righteousness of God. Lindsay, I, I, I can't fully get with that. Well, guess what? Jesus did the same thing in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Watch this in verse 13. Then Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Oh, this is good. But when he waited in the water, waited in the water, John resisted him saying, why are you doing this? I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, and yet you come to, me, come to be baptized by me. Jesus replied, it is only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus. Verse 16, as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Watch this in verse 17. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son I love, Woo! and my greatest delight is in him. My greatest delight is in him. I loved it because it said that Papa shouted this out. See, you only shout the things that you mean for everybody to hear. You never shout out a secret. You ain't shouting out the PIN number to your debit card. You ain't shouting out your social security number. You only shout out the things you meant for everybody to hear. So watch this. Papa meant for everybody to know, for everybody, at the, for everybody that day to know that Jesus is the firstborn son. He meant for all who were there to hear it. He meant for all, for it, he meant for it to be recorded so we can read it and we can know that he is the firstborn son, that we can know that he is the father's delight. But notice this, notice what word doesn't come after the word him in verse 17. It says, my delight is in him. Notice what word didn't come after it. There's no word, it's just a period, because that's it. You know what word doesn't come after that? Well, Lindsay, there's so many. Let me help you out. The word because. The word because does not come after that word him. Why? Because it would read this way. If it did, it would say, the text would read, this is my son, the beloved, my greatest delight is in him because. See, putting that word because would literally give us the implication that it would mean that performance would determine Jesus' sonship. But Jesus was a son regardless of what he ever did. He hadn't done any miracles yet, but still the father was saying, this is my son. My delight is in him. The old scriptures or the King James says, in him I am well pleased. Somebody say well pleased. See, his performance would have determined. See, if, he, if, if, if that word because would have been in there, his performance would have been determined that that would have determined if he was the beloved or not. See, we allow, church, we allow the devil to have an influential voice in our life when we make our union with the Father, Son, and Spirit all about our performance. 
I'm going to say that again. We give the devil a voice in our life when we make all that we do for Jesus based on our performance. I'm going to run it back. We make the devil, we give him all the power in the world when we put our performance above everything else. In fact, that proclamation happened before the wilderness. Before Jesus went into the wilderness, God was saying, this is my son. This is my beloved son. In him, I am well pleased. In him, I find delight. And guess what? As a result of him knowing that he was the son based off of his performance, when Jesus went into the wilderness and the devil tried to bring up his performance, Jesus echoed what the father said. No, 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 no. I'm the beloved son of God. I am the son of God. I don't have to make these stones turn to bread. I'm the beloved son of God. God will provide for me. Why? Because I'm the son. It's not you say my performance matters, determines if I'm the son of God. But the father said, I'm his son, not based off of performance. He said, I am the son of God. I was called the beloved before I ever lifted a finger. Guess what, church? Before you ever said I do to God, he said I do to you. Before you said, Jesus, I'll give my life to you. Jesus said, I'll give my life for you. Oh, I love that. Before you ever said, Jesus, I'll give you my life. He said, I'll give my life for you. Before you ever purchased a Bible or downloaded the Bible app, God said, I'll write my laws upon their heart so that they may not sin against thee. While you were deep in sin, deep in your depression, he died so you would be free. While you were deep in your misery, he died so we would be free. While we were shacking up, blowing up, shooting up or storing up, he took your place on a wooden cross. While you were living for self, he died for you. When you felt like death was all that you deserved, he went to the point of death and rose up with all power in his hand and with that came a second chance with that he gave you a brand new name with that he gave you a brand new identity with that he said take my hand and let us walk together let us live together let us run together let us pray together let us eat together let me live in you let me move in you let me give you existence let me give you joy unspeakable joy let me give you peace that surpasses all understanding when the doctor diagnoses you with something let me heal your body not with your performance but with my performance on a wooden cross strikes bared for you blood shed for you his performance is more than enough it's his performance not yours stop believing the lie of the enemy that says you don't measure up I heard this one pastor, I love to do it, but I don't have the materials to do it. But this one pastor, literally, he went into this classroom of young people. And he began to preach about how they don't, how the world teaches us we don't measure up. And he said, everybody take out a ruler. And he began to say, because of what Jesus did at the cross, he gave them a wooden ruler. I would have did that too. He gave them a wooden ruler. And he said, because of what Jesus did on a wooden cross, you measure up. And on the count of three, every student in there broke that ruler as a sign to show, you know what? I don't care what the world says. I measure up. Why? Because Jesus has made, he's filled in the gap. He's went upon my behalf and did what I couldn't do. He went upon your behalf and took care of what you can't take care of. He went on your behalf and eliminated everything. That's why therefore no condemnation can be applied to your life if you are simply loving, if you are simply trusting, if you are simply believing in the almighty God is there anybody in this room believing in God today because of what Jesus did we can say let the wind of love blow because of what he did we can say spirit come and take control not because now I, I, I can't sing that because I read the Bible this morning. I can't sing that because I prayed for three hours. No, I get to sing that. I get the permission to ask the Holy Spirit to come and blow on my life, not based on my performance, but because of what he's done. And what he's done has been attributed. Lindsay, Lindsay, I, I grew up not believing that. Guess what, Jesus? The Bible says that if we are to receive him through salvation, everything else he offers, we are to receive the same way. Look in Ephesians and look in Galatians. You know who that's for. If we are to receive him through salvation, we are to receive healing the same way. Lindsay, how do we, how do we receive salvation? By grace through faith. Not of your words, lest you would boast of yourself. 
So therefore, when it comes to healing, how do we believe? How do we receive healing by grace through faith? We believe that okay, if you the Bible says that your stripes on your back were born for me. Okay, I by grace through faith, I believe that because you have taken upon every sickness and disease known to man. I believe that I can be healed because of what your performance did at the wooden cross. How do we receive freedom from our mind? By grace through faith, allowing his spirit to live in us and re and retrans and transform our mind. Transform our mind, conform our mind. We used to sing it growing up. Take my mind and conform it. Not to my performance, not to my to, not to my will, but your will, Lord. Your will, Lord. Amen. Amen. It's time we start doing what we sang earlier. It's time we start, it's time we start putting ourselves in the air. See, when when the ship, when you know, or the ship crew, when they would put the sails in the air, what that meant was that at that point, if they were to whatever direction they went, it was only because the wind was pushing those sails, not because they were rowing the boat, not because they were doing anything with their own physical strength. It was purely on the wind. The responsibility for them to go wherever they needed to go was purely on the wind. So when we say, I put my sails in the air. We're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the responsibility back in my life. I'm giving you back the responsibility in my marriage. I'm giving you back the responsibility of raising these kids. I'm giving you back the responsibility of being a business owner. I'm giving you the responsibility of living in this town, living in this county, living in this state, living in this country. I'm giving the responsibility of my loved ones that don't know you. I'm giving the responsibility of my coworkers that don't know you. I'm giving the responsibility of every naysayer, every haymaker, every opinion, everything that I have going on in my life. I give you the responsibility. Lord, I put my sails in the air it's not me lord lord just take me anywhere jesus when we say lord just take me anywhere guess what he's not going to take you somewhere that's going to destroy you because he's the good father even in the shadow of the valley of death what he's still with us all he's still with you he's not going to take you somewhere to leave you he never would do that in fact, if you, if, in fact, when you start to veer off, we got the picture out there to remind you. When you start to veer off, guess what? He forsakes the 99 and comes after you. He runs after you. Runs after He doesn't run after you to be like, I told you not to do this. No, he runs after you like the father in Luke chapter 15 and wraps his loving arms around you to remind you, hey, 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 it's obvious you messed up. It's obvious you believed a lie that you thought you can do this and da, da, da. But let me remind you, you're rooted in me. Let me remind you, my performance is more than enough. Let me remind you, I'll take care of the very things that you're worried about. Let me remind you, I'll take care of the very people that you're worried about. Let me remind you, I got it under control. Amen. Amen. I love that song we said because literally the verse, I put my sails in the air. I'm yours, just take me anywhere. The next part, I'm casting what? I'm casting all my cares. I'm casting all my cares. Church, cast your cares on the greatest fisherman known to man. Cast your cares on the greatest fisherman of the cosmos. Not only was he the greatest fisherman, he was the greatest fish fryer. Holds the world's record of the greatest, the largest, most. I mean, you, you, watch, you watch anything and everything about it. Literally, they had fish left over, had food left over. Cast your cares on the one that cares for you. We used to sing it as a, uh, when I was a kid. Put your hands in the hand of the one that can walk on water. Cast, I'm casting all my cares so you can take me in the way. Then we got to the then we got to the course. Just let the wind of love blow. Spirit, come and take control. Church, I the, you know what you need to take this course and start making it your prayer. I encourage you. Google the lyrics and okay, this is going to be my prayer for next. Just do it this week, every day this week. Spirit, when you wake up, Lord. I'm casting all my cares on you, Jesus. Lord, even if you got to sing, even if you got to say it in order, Lord, I'm putting my sails in the air. Jesus, I'm yours. Just take me anywhere. Lord, today I'm casting my cares upon you. And get specific with them. Don't be like, Lord, I'm casting my cares. And then move on. No, no, no. Lord, I'm casting my cares. My bank account is empty. Or, Lord, I'm casting my cares. The car's got to be fixed. Or, Lord, I'm casting my cares. My kid is still sick. Or, Lord, I'm casting my cares. I'm struggling with my identity. Or, casting my cares. I'm struggling with my future. Or, I cast my cares. Or, I'm struggling with my marriage. Or, Lord, I cast my cares. I'm struggling with knowing how to hold my head up at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. Lord, get specific with him, church. 
Get specific with them. Listen, I, I, the last time I went fishing with my father-in-law, he told me this, you know, we went and got bait. And, you know, I, I learned something. I was like, you know, I, we go in the little store, and I'm about to just grab, you know, this little thing. It says bait. He says, no, 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 no. I mean, that's good, but what we're, what we're fishing for, it needs this type of bait. Woo. I said, well, ain't it all the same? He said, you could do that, but that's not what attracts them. There are you know, certain fish that have certain desires. Certain, there's, there's a specificity that for every fish, you know, you want the right type of lure or the right type of bait. If fish, have certain, if, if fish can be specific, you can be specific with the greatest fishermen. Cast specific cares. Make your, make your request known to the Lord. Lord, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm, Lord, this, my life still looks like the same way it was last month or last year. Lord, what's up with that? Cast your cares upon him, amen? amen. And we get to the chorus, literally, let the wind of love blow. And you're praying, I encourage you, pray this this week. Spirit, come and take control. What do you have to lose if he takes control? Ooh, this ain't in the notes. What do you have to lose if he takes control of your life? I'll tell you what, you here, can, can I give you a list of what you have to lose? Oh, the, oh, Jesus. Paul said it in verse 19. Let me say it again. What you have to lose if you allow the Holy Spirit to take control? Here's what you got to lose. Set your own morality. Lustful thoughts, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment for others when they are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, murder, addictions, and wild parties, etc. Those are some of those are the things you have to lose. That's what you get to lose. Not what you have, that's what you get to lose. I'll be honest, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not, oh, I can't wait to get in a little argument with my kids. I can't wait to fight with them when they say, I don't want to go to school. I can't, I find so much joy. No, no parent says that. No right sense mind, minded person says when they wake up in the morning, I can't wait to get in an argument at work. I can't wait for somebody to cut me off in traffic. I can't wait to get that bill in the mail to remind me to pay them the money. Nobody says those things. But when the temptation rises up for us to, to, uh, to behave out of our flesh, let the wind of love blow. Holy Spirit, I, I, can feel my, I can feel my old nature rising up. Holy Spirit, come and take control. Lord, I can feel I want to I wanna go off. Holy Spirit, take control. Lord, I can feel I want to throw hands or I can feel like I want to do all these things. Lord, Holy Spirit, take control. Well, we, we said it last week when it came to thermostats day. In order to be a thermostat, one thing you need to do before you react, before you respond, you need to what? Pray and take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and pray. And before you respond again, take another deep breath and pray. Church, I know it's super practical. I'll tell you, I've done it a few times. And guess what? It works. It works. No matter the situation, take a deep breath and pray. Lindsay, what do I pray? Well, you be honest. You say, Lord, you... you Lord, investigate my heart. You see what I want to say. You see what I want to do. Don't let me do that. Tell me what to do. Or better yet, make it super easy. Spirit, take control. He's getting on my nerve. Take control. She's getting on my nerve. Take control. I got this. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. Spirit, take control. Am I talking to anybody, church? I love this because in this part of the course, it doesn't matter where we go, just let the wind of love blow. And listen, we let Dre do verse 2, but I, I could have kicked her in the nose on this. Literally, verse 2, it says, can I put my trust in the Lord? Or because I put my trust in the Lord, I won't let fear keep me on the shore. Now, that kick would have been a subtle, like, I love you kick. I won't let fear keep me on the shore. Can I, can I paint a picture for y'all, church? Peter denied Jesus ultimately turned his back on him and the Bible says that the moment that John the beloved said that's Jesus standing on the shore the rest of the disciples they stayed in the boat that would have been me honestly I, you know it's early in the morning I've, we lived at the beach I know what the water how the temperature of the water is early in the morning but the Bible says that John or Peter jumped into the water now he knew he denied Jesus he was living with all that guilt and shame but you know what he didn't let fear keep him in the boat he ran to shore he swam to shore what are you letting fear keep you from 
What are you letting the lie of believing that you don't measure up keep you from? Who are you letting it keep you from? How, well, all, yeah, the, you know, possibilities are endless when we let the spirit take control of our lives. Amen. The next part of that verse says, may I venture out into the deep? I love this next part. Confident that you won't let me sink. Let the wind of love flow. Church, I challenge you this week. Become confident that when you venture into, a, into uncharted waters, I've preached that before, when you start to go into uncharted waters with the Lord, be confident and know he's not going to let you sink. See, if you're, if you're like me, when it comes to water, I only get in where I can stand. If it, if, it, if it comes above the shoulders, I ain't there. I don't have that type of confidence. And unfortunately, church, a lot of times we apply that type of logic to the Lord. Well, I grew up knowing it this way, so therefore I'm a, all right, cool. But when the Lord takes us differently, ah, we're just going to get right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with this. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, he keeps on blessing me. And God's like, yeah, I got more for you. Just, ooh, but you, you are blessing me right here, Jesus. That, that looks good. You know, I, I know somebody else that needs that. You're going you to scoop them up. I, I'll wait right here because eventually you're going to bust the U and you're going to come right back this way. So, I, you know, we apply that logic to the Lord. Hey, well, Lord, you've you done it this way. I, I'm familiar with this. And the Lord's like, I know what you're familiar with, but that familiarity is becoming a hindrance. And Pastor Kelsey said it earlier. She said a lot of times our hindrances, it's not the devil, it's us. It's us not embracing, okay, okay, uh, Lord, is that you? Peter, Peter, Lord, Lord, is that you? Okay, Lord, if it's you, then ask me to come out. See, in that moment, Peter was like all of us, Lord, if it's really you, because Peter thought, well, that's not the Lord, because, you know, he ain't going to ask me to walk on water, because we can't do, that's impossible. And Jesus like, believe for it. Come out on the water, believe for it. I can do the impossible. Believe for it. I can break the unbreakable. Believe for it. Believe for it. Believe. Apply your faith. Apply that firm persuasion. And Peter's like, for a brief moment, he believed for it. But church, I don't want that to be my testimony. And I pray that's not your testimony. For a brief moment. At the end of your life, when somebody's describing you, be like, hey, what was the person like? For a brief moment, they believed for it. When somebody's describing me, I want them to be like, oh, what was Lindsay like? Lee, for a brief moment, he believed God. Mm-mm. When somebody says, hey, what was Lindsay like? Man, that, that, that kid had his sails in the air. Felt like 24-7, he had his sails in the air. Wherever the Lord was blowing, that's where he was going. I need that to be my testimony. Not so I can look good, but so it can be the truth and the reality. Why? Because what do I have to lose? Behaving out of the flesh is what I get to lose. What do you get to lose? Behaving out. What do you get, what do you get to lose? You get to lose all the mental hurdles and gymnastics that you do in your mind. All the loss of memory. All the shame and guilt. That's what you get to lose when we just put ourselves in the air. I'm casting all my cares. Let the wind of love blow. Can I give you one more story, and then we'll and then we'll we'll close with this. But as we was practicing that song Thursday night, we had planned to do it earlier in the month, and when we tried it, I I just couldn't hit it. I had these I had this I had this standard that I had in my mind, and my what was coming out it wasn't measuring up to the standard. It wasn't measuring up to the pressure like that free solo climber. And we didn't do it. We did something else. And the Lord blessed us. And it was great. And as we're practicing it this, this past Thursday night, you know, I was, I, was, I was hot. I was humble, open, and transparent. I was definitely hot, too. But I, I said, hey, the reason why we don't do this is because I, I feel like I'm going off key with, it, with the diminished chord and all this other stuff. And Miranda's like, hey, well, just, just sing it all the way through. I'm like, sing it all. I didn't say it with my face, but in my mind, I'm like, really, girl, sing. What you think I'm doing? What you think I'm singing? Uh, you know, my flesh wanted to be like, girl, I'm singing. What you doing? Don't worry about me. What, you need to focus on you. Stop. Get, you know. But I'm like, sing it all the way through. Okay, you know. So, so I play it on the piano, and I sing 
I, I, and I seen the note all the way through. And when we hit the, you can ask her and Dre and even Trevor. When I hit the note all the way through, I was like, oh, that's it. Oh, that, that, we cook, we cook, we cook with olive oil because, you know, people got peanut allergy. But we cook with olive oil. That's it. Are we bread and butter? We ready to go. Let's do, let's have service right now. But it was because I communicated. And it was because I was willing to say, okay, this is the standard I have in my head. Am I willing to believe something else? Or am I just going to stick with the pressure that I've been living with? And y'all lived with that pressure for a whole month before I got free from it that night. We can't do this song because I can't sing da-da-da. So somebody else is going to have to lead it. What pressure are you living with that has been a hindrance in your life? That the Holy Spirit is trying to, we talked about it last week, that he is daily trying to save you and free you from, deliver you from. What pressures are we living with that we were never meant to live with? Woo! What pressures are you living with that you were never meant to live with? What pressures are you living with that you were never meant to live with? Kellen asked for something the other day, and we said no. He says, because we don't have enough money. And I said, buddy, we have enough money to get it. Just right now, you're not ready for it. But then I turn around and kneel down. And I say, hey, buddy, you don't worry about the money. That responsibility is on mommy and daddy. Okay? I said, okay. I said, no, I need you to get this. When it comes to, you don't worry about that. Well, it's you teaching them the wrong thing. No, I'm teaching them the, I'm teaching the same thing. The Heavenly Father's been trying to get through most of us in this room. The responsibility of your life. Stop worrying about it. Stop making yourself sick about it. Stop raising your blood pressure. Stop trying to create ways out of no ways and give it to him. Cast your cares upon the greatest caretaker of all time. Set your sails and let him blow in your life and direct you. I told Kelly, I said, the responsibility, son, the financial responsibility is on daddy. And then I got, I, I went straight, I went straight, leans to me, I said, and daddy's got this. I said, because God's got daddy. And he smiled and ran off into the playroom. And you know what? He knows that if he needs something, daddy's got it because God's got daddy. Church, if you need something, God's got you. Lindsay, I need my family saved. God's got you. Lord, Lindsay, I need to pay this. God's got you. I need help in my marriage. God's got you. I need help with my kids. God's got you. Somebody say, God's got me. Lindsay, I don't know what my future is going to look like. God's got who? That's right, he does. And the devil wants to make you think that it's the opposite, but the opposite of that is true, which is God has you. He has you. He is keeping you in the palm of his hands. The wine that used to sink, he is upholding you in right living, right standing. Church, stop being your own hindrance. Stop believing you don't measure up. Watch this. Stop performing for acceptance and start living from it. Stop performing for acceptance and start living from it. Amen. When you get up, when you leave here today, when you go wherever you go, when you walk in a room and instantly that 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 that, that tidal wave of insecurity rises up where you want to cower your head and just get through the get through the aisle or get through the room. No, you hold your head up. Hold your head up. Because the person you see in the mirror is the same person that the God of all angel armies protects and follows. It stays with. It's not just you sitting in that restaurant. It's the God of all angel armies sitting with you, watching your back, protecting you, interacting with you. You go inside the place to pay the bill. You go inside. You get on the phone call. It's not just you on the phone. It's, the, it's God of all heaven and earth with you taking that phone call as well. It's not just you driving in the car. All of heaven's with you. The Father, Son, and Spirit are with you, living in you, moving in you, enabling your existence. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much for today, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let that be our prayer this week, Lord. Let that prayer be our prayer for the rest of our life, Lord, which is to let you blow in our lives, let you blow through, Lord. Let you take control of our lives, Lord. And let us be okay with the direction that you take us, Jesus. Every person in this room, Lord, let us become more than okay with the direction that you take our lives, Jesus. Not the direction other people take us, but the direction you take us, Lord. Not the directions our insecurities take us, Lord, but the direction you take us. Not the direction our past mistakes or regrets or traumas or dramas. 
but the direction you take us, Jesus. Lord, we put ourselves in the air. If you're able to, just, just stretch your hands towards heaven. Lord, right now, we put ourselves in the air. We put ourselves in the air, Jesus. Lord, forgive us, Father God, for taking responsibility of, our, of, uh, of making a way out of no way. Lord, forgive us for taking responsibility of, of, of creating ways out of no ways, of, of us trying to be the way maker, of us trying to be the ultimate provider one. Lord, we just need to put ourselves in the air and trust that you are going to make a way. It doesn't mean we get lazy. It doesn't mean we quit our jobs, Lord. No, what it means, God, is that we trust you with all confidence. We trust and know, Lord, if you've given us this job, if you've placed us on the job, then you're going to provide. If you put us in the home, you're going to provide. If you've given us the vehicle, you're going to provide. If you've given us the children, you're going to provide. If you've created us and that's what, you're going to provide the right spouse. If you create us, you're going to provide the right future. If you created us, if you've done this, if you've done this, if you've done this in our life, then you will be the responsible for upkeeping it, Lord. We put ourselves in the air this morning, Jesus. Lord, we're yours, Jesus. Help us to see past our flesh. Lord, move us past our hindrances, Lord. Move us past our own selves. Help us to get our, to get our own selves out of the way, Holy Spirit. Lord, Galatians 5.17, Lord, has said that it's through us, Lord, that we, uh, it's through our flesh that we hinder you from living freely in our life. Lord, we cancel that right now in the name of Jesus. No more us, Lord. No more us in the way, Father God. But we work with. We work with you, Lord, not against you. We work with you, Jesus. We work with you by surrendering. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we surrender, God. Right now, Lord, the heaviness in this room, every, Lord, every, every desire, every concern, Lord, we cast it upon you right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.